I'm Joe. Nice to meet you, brother. I love watching you grow up. He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. Touchdown! Is this the And Fernando Tatis Jr. A grand slam. Iguodala. It's funny to hear female talk about routes like. It's funny. Hello and welcome to From the Backseat. I am your host, Ethan, and I am joined today by my co-host. What up, guys? This is Clark coming in again, hot, a little bit peeved because the Padres are deciding to dump their pants live as we speak against the Miami Marlins. But truthfully, what's new about that? Same old, same old. So stoked to get into today's episode. You don't have to be so pessimistic about the Padres all the time. Oh, I just know. I just know what it kind of feels like. I'm getting that feeling. Just a weird Miami. We don't play well in Miami ever. So maybe it's that it, but to go three and three, if this is their road trip against Miami and Washington, is not really acceptable for the amount of talent that they have. Yeah, but they're still figuring out some stuff. And I assume the Tatis thing is a huge distraction. I mean, it is a huge distraction, but you got to get over it. I mean, Especially when your dad is coming out there being like, oh, the reason he took steroids is because of the like way that his hair was cut. And don't forget, don't forget that Fernando Tatis Sr. said his for his son's teammates are jealous of him somehow in his mind he thought that was the right thing to say yeah so. i mean everything everything is just bad everything coming out of it it feels very much like the like uh what's his name the balls like back in the day oh yeah the LeVar Ball, yeah to... it feels, it's like a worse version of that it's actually worse than that i think at this point well yeah because lavar never got them actually in trouble like no. he just ran his mouth a lot whereas Fernando Tatis Sr. is like getting Junior in trouble. No, it's like it's what's also like crazy too is just you haven't heard from Fernando like from Junior. You haven't heard from no. him. He hasn't said a word. And like all the reports and stuff that came out today just are making things compoundly worse and worse. But it's whatever. What are you gonna do? It's just a never ending circle of stupidness with the Padres, I suppose. So just gotta hope they yeah. get it right. There's just something in the water right now that they gotta get out of that San Diego. I mean, it's just weird, like I know we're not really didn't intend to start on the show, but it's like the offense at times looks like unbelievable. Like they put up like 30 runs in three games. And then they have like this. I know Miami has like some good young pitching and they ran a Del Contra yesterday, but you have no runs a day against some like first and second year guys. It's pretty good. There's some at bats. It's pretty brutal. I don't know. What are you going to do? I mean, it's, it's brutal. Definitely with the perspective that Juan Soto is currently batting like 340 since he's become a Padre. Well, it's like, it stinks with that. Cause it's like, as much as he is and Manny are doing like great, like Josh Bell's hitting like sub 100 since getting here and yeah. looks no clue what's going on. Drury's been good, but then it's like everywhere else. It's just like, it's really hit or miss right now. So just got to weather the storm. I yeah. guess hopefully they get out of there. Hopefully the, maybe they, they come back. Who knows? Got no clue. Well, so before we get into it, let's go through with our sponsor, which is manscaped. Yeah. What's manscaped. Up? Well, really, support for this podcast comes from Manscaped, who is the best at men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package are the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, which is 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code BACKSEAT. And you can use that at manscaped.com. The performance package is absolutely great. It comes in a convenient carrying case, it comes with everything you need. It's easy to use. It's easy to figure out. It even comes with the weed whacker, which you're able to get those nose hairs, which sometimes are pesky and can get annoying, especially if you're like going on a big interview. You don't want to have like a nose hair hanging nope. out. Mm-mm. So uh, Manscaped absolutely does the job. They also come with nice fragrances to make you smell nice. They come with nice boxers, which are good to keep that sweat away, keep everything away, nice, away. Mm-hmm. keep that scent going good. Uh, Manscaped is an absolute incredible company. Please go use our code, which is 20% off and free shipping. And our code is backseat. If you were thinking, thinking about it, seriously, folks, I tell you sometimes when you use other, just regular clippers, I don't care who they're from when you're trying to, you know, shape things around the way you need to, I suppose, um, they don't clip, they don't bind. Even if you wanted to use some of the tools that you had in your face itself too. great pair itself, hard to beat. won't find anything better on Manscaped. Got to go ahead and get yourself one, guys. Get into Manscaped. Yeah. So as we get into today's show, where we're starting is with 
the preseason. So the preseason is currently dominating the news cycle. I mean, the Hall of Fame game somehow ended up with five million viewers Insane. a couple Just weeks no ago. Just no need for that, but I Just guess no that's where need. we are. But so preseason is obviously dominating the news cycle, especially if you're anywhere on TikTok, Twitter, or Instagram. You're probably seeing all the hot takes from it. And people just way overreacting to quarterbacks play in the preseason. So I wanted to ask you, Clark, who's someone that stood out for you through week one of the preseason? Or if you want to even crown a preseason week one MVP, who would that be for you? You know, I don't know if I'd go as far as MVP, um, but I will say a person who should certainly stand out. I'll go with, uh, I'll give you two actually, whom which I liked. Uh, one, I don't think a lot of people talked about, uh, Kellen Mond. Kellen Mond looked good for Minnesota. Um, I don't know if you guys watched or anyone on here has watched the Patreon of uh, JTO Sullivan doing the QB school. His breakdown of Kellen Mond's film was quite nice. Um, he surprised, certainly liked what I saw there. Obviously, in no shape, he's going to be supplanting Kirk Cousins anytime soon. But if said something come awry and he had to fill in for a game, Kellen Mond looks like he's improved a little bit from what he was last year as a raw quarterback. Uh, the second guy, though, in my mind that I think really stood out. Um, and it's unfortunate because he's just a menace to society. It appears is George Pickens. I mean, Pickens had a day and a half. I mean, obviously everyone saw the, uh, the block that he had against, I forget who exactly it was for the Seahawks, but absolutely put that DB on his butt. I mean, you saw him, he did it in college in the college championship uh, semifinal game. Um, but not only did he have that viral moment, but people forget just a wonderful grab in the back of the end zone and get both feet down. Um, as a Bengals fan, I thought George Pickens was going to be good. This is something that really happened. I still need to see it, obviously, in a regular season game. But George Pickens for the Steelers, man, impressive week one for him. As long as he doesn't fight anyone, we should be good. But we'll have to see when that happens. So for me, I would probably say George Pickens is my MVP. And I have one more guy, but I'll wait maybe till later to mention him. Oh, so my preseason MVP was George Pickens. Okay, well, there you go. Um, Yeah, Pickens, he had so much hype during training camp, and now seeing it on the field, you kind of get it. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's able to extend the ball. He's able to make big plays. He's everywhere. Oh, without a doubt. He's playing really well. One player I do want to throw out is maybe what I'd call like the LVP, least valuable player, who was just really bad preseason week one. Worst player preseason week one was Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson looked came bad. out in that, he looked really bad. in that Cleveland game and looked really, really bad, especially now with the suspension upcoming. I mean, he was playing against the second-team Jaguars defense and literally could not locate a ball for his life. I know. I feel his like it's first, one part, like that's interrupt, but I feel like it's one part people haven't talked about Deshaun. He has missed like two years now. He's going to miss a third, too. I know. And they gave oh, no. him a fully guaranteed contract. Wah, wah, wah. Uh, he's a little baby. But... but uh, no, I, he looks bad. He looked bad. Nothing about that performance impressed me. I mean, his first throw was a rollout to the left that he just skied S- over. Sailed. Sailed. He just skied it over. I mean, I don't... It just looked bad. Everything coming out of Cleveland just doesn't seem good. I mean, I'm prepared. I think they're going to... I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I definitely think they're going to finish last in the AFC North. I don't think it they beat It depends on who the Steelers, Steelers start a quarterback. I don't think it does. I think I think the Steelers have I mean that wide receiving core is at least gonna carry them to some wins and Najee Harris. I I don't know. I I think they're if gonna Deshaun's end up out, higher than if Cleveland. Deshaun's out, they'll finish last. But I think it also if Mitch Trubisky starts, they'll finish last, the Steelers. Oh, you think Trubisky is the worst option there? No, Mason Rudolph is. But if we're oh, really okay. talking between Pickett and um Mitch Trubisky, I would start Pickett. One person, oh, another person I'll say I was impressed by is I actually thought Malik Willis looked okay. I, yeah, I thought Malik Willis looked really, he showed what the talent could be, certainly. Yeah, he, I, I did like He showed why why he's a project quarterback. I yeah. mean, people are acting like that he should start over Tannehill are absolutely insane. No, not yet. I mean, again, these what people always forget about preseason and why the overreactions always come is because they're playing against backups. Yeah. So, like, of course they're going to look better, but... The processing was there. The athleticism was there. The big time mm-hmm. throws were there. I mean, it all wasn't coming together. But from a project, you got to be pretty encouraged about where he is. No, where he is in terms of progression. Let me ask you this too, as a Chargers fan. Just again on our personal notes here, 
who is you think the most impressive person that maybe you saw from the Chargers preseason game that you liked or maybe popped more um, than you thought would? Probably, probably Isaiah Spiller. Okay. I think Isaiah Spiller, he's probably going to be the backup running back for the Chargers fourth round nice. pick this year. He showed really nice patience and cuts, and he's a really nice ball catcher. He's going to come up big, and I think it's going to allow the Chargers to kind of use Eckler in more of the Camaro role where he can line up wide, mm-hmm. and then they can have a running back in the backfield, which I think will probably do wonders for their offense. I mean, if they, can, like if they could run a set of where they have three receivers on the field, Austin Eckler also on the field, and a running back, I think it's going to be hard to defend. If you have it wide, Josh Palmer, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Eckler, I don't think there's four DBs that can stop all four. It would be tough. It would be I a think tough that's matchup. too much challenge. I mean, Austin Eckler, again, he's really underrated in my book. People love to act like he's not top 10 in my book. He totally is just because he's an all-purpose back. But I would totally agree. I mean, I, you know my opinion on Eckler. I think he's a top 10 guy for sure. Yeah. Um, was there anyone who impressed you from the Bengals? Oh yeah. I mean, I, if obviously no one who's listening here can see in on me and Ethan's and Cole's our other buddies group chat, but the guy who easily impressed most of your Cincinnati Bengals fan was Dax Hill, the first round pick. Um, I'm blown away a lot of times when I saw, again, I know it's not Kyler Murray out there. I know it's not D hop. I know it's not AJ green, but some ball skills he showed off on the goal line fade in the back corner of the end zone unbelievable adjustment to the ball unbelievable way to get up there almost made the interception obviously dropped it coming down and also people out of college said would he be able to play the single high look again i know it's preseason but great break on the ball a couple times um i refuse to believe at this point dax hill is gonna be a guy that you put on the bench he's gonna be featured i would hope in louis anarumo's defense extensively wouldn't mind three safety looks um i could see him fitting somewhere in a corner spot too a little bit because of his coverage abilities definitely stood out i loved exactly what he he showed and he can be a swiss army knife for us the only bummer is now after seeing him is i know we won't be extending jesse bates and the idea of him and jesse bates together oh it's just a shame we won't get it for more than a year as a bengals fan so would you trade now with you saw dax so would you trade jesse bates and get draft capital before he leaves next year no i really don't think i would rather have jesse bates for one more year than maybe get like a second round pick from at this point I mean, yeah. if you're if you're the Bengals, you're probably at this. For at least in my opinion, you have a roster that can win right now. Don't trade a player that you know. Is, I mean, Jesse Bates is going to end up playing the season the whole time. It's just a matter of when he shows up. I'm sure it won't be until like after camp and stuff. But he'll be there. He'll play. I, I'm not going to trade him. It's okay. Derwin James is also holding yeah, out. Derwin so James has not showed up either. I feel like it's coming under the radar. I mean, it's going under the radar, but I think everyone knows the deal is going to get done. Like yeah. at some point. I don't think this is where people are like, oh, this is a Bosa situation or Melvin Gordon. I don't think this is. I think it's, I think, I bet what they're talking about is, I bet the numbers are already agreed to. I bet it's all just on injury guarantees. No, I'm sure. Because if Derwin James has extensive injury history, that they're probably just figuring out how much. I mean, it's also a little bit of a bummer too. I mean, I guess, I know know, uh, Mika Fitzpatrick signed, but I bet if Bates signed to this offseason, then Derwin James would also have another number to up on it. So I don't know if there's anything there with it in terms of comparing yeah. contracts, but you're right. It's more probably a hold up on medical con- guarantees and stuff. That's, that's my guess. I bet it's all about the medicals just because of his injury history and probably his camp doesn't want to yeah. give in to the injury. Yeah. Stuff like that. But uh, let's get into the show. So we already talked about Fernando, which was one of our quick mm-hmm. hits coming out of the gate. So our other quick hit is Zach Wilson. Yep. So Zach Wilson in preseason uh everyone thought he tore his acl turns out he did not thank goodness so he's only out two to four weeks which could put him back by week one maybe could not so what was your reaction to this clark uh zach wilson is the uh, quintessential example to any team who's thinking about it outside of rookie guys if you have a franchise dude don't play him first don't play him the first any at all in the preseason just sit him on the bench there's no reason for this I mean, truly, I know Zach Wilson had an up and down year, but are you really like the Jets ultimately were one swifter hit away to the knee, just a little bit harder from the season just being dead at that point. Joe Flacco would have been a quarterback. Any sort of hype around what they could grow into this year would be gone because the guy who's supposed to be at the head of it, a quarterback, is gone himself. So I think for me, it's just the cautionary tale of why you, if you do play starters at the bare, bare minimum and you don't put them in harm's way and you stress to your quarterback like Zach Wilson, hey, this is a preseason game. You don't run for the first down, you just go down because people will pop you. 
Also, case in point, if you need to see people will pop you, look at what happened in the Jets-Eagles game. I believe it was that same one where Jalen Hurts got killed on the sideline. Yep. So my takeaway from it is if you have a starter that you know is going to be your guy, no questions, preseason is not a thing you need to be doing. Well, my my thing is, I mean, I totally agree with you, but the other thing I just keep thinking about is like, if I were a coach, I'd be like, dude, why are you even moving out of the pocket? Exactly. Just exactly. stay in the pocket. Just take a sack. Who cares? Like at the end of the day, why are you moving? There is no need. Like, there's no need. I mean, it was a non-contact injury. There's no need to move out of the pocket in the preseason. Mm-mm. It's worth nothing. Like I, I kept hearing all these fans, like all these stupid like Rams fans or Raiders fans being like, oh, the Chargers lost this week. Who cares? Yeah. It's literally preseason. It means nothing. Mm-hmm. The Ravens have won what? Like 22 preseason oh, so games in a row? Oh, so I've seen preseason games in a row. But it's like, again, it's the preseason, meaning it precurs the season, which means it doesn't matter for anything. Well, the stat I always go back to is the 2008 Lions literally went 4-0 in yep. the preseason and then lost every regular season game. It has no bearing. If you can't it, tell it means anything. nothing. And it doesn't tell you about like how good your team is. Because, like, at the end of the day, these are just backups. Once mm-hmm. you get to the third string, guys, most of them are getting cut. They're not even on the 53. Mm-hmm. So, I like, mean, it doesn't even matter. Again, I mean, if you ever need a case in point, and I know, again, it's biased and maybe it's a little bit more rarity, that preseason doesn't matter um, and it doesn't really affect. First off, Chargers, I don't believe they played Justin Herbert at all last year, did they, at any point? They did not. They that didn't, didn't seem to hurt him whatsoever. Also, for the Bengals, Jamar Chase, did he play at all? Mm, no. I mean, he did, but he was terrible, but no one cares, really. And then, uh, Joe, sorry, Joe Burrow, well, he played, like, one snap. Doesn't matter, dude. Like, it, it, preseason is the most inconsequential thing you could ever possibly discover. It no, does it's matter. so – it doesn't matter. And everyone's like, oh, they need the live reps. I want to see him against live reps. And it's like – live reps. At practice. the end – well, and the other thing is, like, what is it worth watching live reps against second and third string players if you're a starter? Like – it isn't worth anything. That's the thing. It it's isn't worth, worth anything. Nothing. And the other thing is, uh, for me, whenever I watch it, I'm just like, man, those second and third string guys mm. have way more to gain than oh, the yeah. starter. Oh, yeah. The starter has nothing to gain mm-hmm. from playing well in the preseason. Exactly. exactly. I mean, if you're if you're a fringe guy trying to fight for a roster spot, then yeah, it's really important. Play really well. Yeah. Go all out. That'll help you make the roster. But if you're like the solidified number two receiver mm. on the team, there is no reason oh, no. to go all out. No. And especially with how short the preseason is now. I mean, there's no reason to just do anything. I mean, it's three weeks. It used to be like week three be your dress rehearsal. You'd play them a quarter. I can't even believe that was a thing now. Hey, when it comes to your choice in sports talk, are you looking for something new? Just wait till you hear our show. Blocked Up Sports starts now. I'm sorry, what does it say again? It says, when it, when it comes to the Yankees, I root for plane crashes. I one extra ticket. It wasn't set on some of I was going to try and give it to one of the bums outside. <laughs> they could ever get this thing back to the Garden Sunday. It's going to be a wild scene, and it's going to be good, and I think they can win this series. Right, we got a big, big show tonight. Hey, this is Doc Good. Everybody, this is Don LaGreca. Hi, everybody. It's Bob Huesler from the Fed. Hey, Joe Beningo here. Make sure to listen to Brett and Bob on Locked Up Sports. Don't miss it. Available for download anywhere. Yeah. Um. So, uh, over on our chalkboard, if you're not in our chalkboard, go join our chalkboard. Uh, we have Leland. And so, he's over in the YouTube comments right now. And he actually made a good point. And he said preseason is just whose practice squad is better than the others. I mean, it does help you assess depth, assess depth for sure. I think there is something to be said about that. But uh, honestly, as much as you say that, sometimes there are dudes who just play really well in the preseason and get cut. Michael Sam. No, off the top I, of my head, I agree. Michael Sam's a different thing because that was just the Cowboys being outwardly homophobic, I'm pretty sure, really. I mean, not outwardly homophobic, yeah. but it was like, really? You cut him? Why? So... That was bad. Oh, uh, he also said Cody Bryant is the corner that got blocked by George Pickens. Yeah, well, Cody Bryant, we'll be seeing, bud. That was brutal. So uh, now we're going to move into She's a 10. Mm. So we're going to get into our, our biggest segment, our most popular, always rakes in the views. Clark and I got into a little controversy this week over She's a 10. Call it controversy. Um, I mean, it was controversy with one person who had a big following that got mad at us. I guess. I I mean, again, I, I suppose I apologize because we didn't know who the person was, but it was not a personal shot at anyone. It, again, is it a joke? 
um whoever the girl was i forget her name obviously was a supermodel clearly a 10 clearly that's a thing like clearly he was trying to come at us like the joke is she's a 10 like she's literally again she's a supermodel but she's a Raiders fan. So what does that make her? Makes her a zero. It has nothing yeah, to do with her like, person. We're calling her a 10. No. We're literally calling her a 10. It's just, I don't, I guess, you know, it wasn't okay, but whatever. Move past whatever. it. Silly thing. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll just for, use for, NPC for, characters for our graphics, I guess now. Yeah, I guess we've we've extended too much. We've put too many we put too many tens in our videos Way to where far. one guy got mad. Well, I mean, he knows her personally. Apparently, the supermodel he knows her personally and her husband. And we were supposed to know that her husband's a really nice guy. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, I didn't know the husband. And I'm sure he is a really nice guy. And I'm sure yeah. she's a really nice gal. But I mean, good lord, I'm so sorry. She's a supermodel. Yeah, obviously, it's like good gracious, but whatever. Well, and I, I do want to, if anyone's listening, I do want to throw out thanks to those people that were defending us. They were like, clearly this yeah, is a this joke. This is a like, joke and you're taking it too far on like, nothing. I mean, I, I don't want to say this and this is me getting mad, but for you to just call us out like that, it's kind of irresponsible with your following because you were completely misled and you just didn't understand the joke. And then you got Mike threatened that Raiders fans were going to go beat him up in the parking lot. No, it, it was a dumb, it was, I mean, every person's entitled to their own reaction and stuff like that. But I think if you really, if just take a step back, understand the trend, it's just a joke. Clearly we it's don't know her. Joke. I'm sure she's a wonderful woman and her husband is obviously a great guy, but come on, let's just everyone on. relax here for a second. That was silly. For sure. But let's get into our, she's a 10 for the week. So our first one, she's a 10, but she left at the start of the bottom of the eighth in a one run game. Oh, that's tough because it doesn't show that shows a lack of commitment. She will not commit. She doesn't want to stay in for things. And plus the bottom of the ninth, who knows what could be going on? We got another five outs of bare minimum to be working with here for the home team. I don't, I'm never a fan of beat the traffic. I will stay at a Padres game. If they are getting beat seven, nothing and they have no shot. Not saying I expect my girlfriend or such to do the same thing, but I would like the courtesy extended concerning because of the commitment to the team commitment to me issues seven we're gonna go with she's a seven she's a seven that's seven, it mm, six seven six and a half it's tough it's a tough one all right i can respect seven i i actually thought you'd go lower we had some so uh pi podcast is is on here too mm-hmm. he said he said she's a four she's a four she's a four I mean, I get it. Look, here's the thing. It depends on what... Can I ask the context? If it's late in the season, if it's September, August baseball, we're staying. We cannot leave. I'm sorry. I will make you stay. Extra innings. I mean, I remember as a kid, uh, this is a totally random story. I stayed till the Padres game until the 18th inning. They lost 2-1. to one. I legitimately loved every second of it. Not expecting you to love it, but we will have to be staying. I will stay firm with the 7, but I understand the sentiment of a 4. All right, I get it. So she's a 10, but she cheered when your rival's team's quarterback tore his ACL. Man, if it's Deshaun Watson, a little understandable. Anyone else, I I hate cheering injuries. I think cheering injuries is gross behavior. Um, I think it's absolutely uncalled for. I don't care how much I dislike the team in which I'm opposing. That's That's a human being. I'm usually more often than not a very probably acceptable, nice guy who, if you met him, would you get along with or any professional athlete, this matter. And at the same time, professional athletes, contrary to what people think, they're not always just there for amusement. Again, they are people that to me is a zero. If you cheer actively for an injury and you want one to occur, you are a zero. I think it's disgusting behavior as it comes. It's pretty scum. Well, I will say, I think the only place where it's, understandable is if that person is scum like if, if it is like deshaun watson i think if they get injured there is something i won't feel as bad i'll still be like well i don't want to see someone get hurt yeah i don't want to see someone get i'll hurt. be like did he deserve it maybe karma i don't know no one deserves bad things that happen to them but i don't know zero though i mean zero for me for sure i can't i, I think right. it's a really gross thing to do it's pretty lowbrow all right i get it last one she's a 10 but she doesn't get the hype of the NFL. She doesn't get the hype of the NFL. 
You know, this is, may surprise you. I would say like a nine. Oh, wow. I really don't mind it that much. I, the, honestly, first off, respect for the voicing of the opinion, because I love an opinion. Always love an opinion because mm-hmm. it can start a good conversation, if anything. Um, doesn't get the hype of the NFL? That's fine. I don't get the hype of the NBA, but people love the NBA. No one questions me about it. I would still say a nine. I love the NFL. It doesn't mean you have to love the NFL. We can love different things together and still coexist. It's still a nine for me. Would I love for her to like the NFL and love it as much as I did? Sure. But it's not the end of the day that big of a deal. So still a nine. Okay. Totally fair. All right. So let's move into hot takes. So Clark and I have prepared hot takes before we go into your hot takes. So Clark, what is your hot take of the week? You know what? Um, I'm still sitting on one that I want to say. Okay. I just, I'm so close. I'll, you know what? I will pinpoint this. Week one of the NFL season, right before, I will give you my most searing hot take that I have. But until that point comes there, we will wait to hear it because I don't want to be ravaged that bad quite yet. Okay. However, I will go to a different topic itself. It is a little bit more benign and people talk about it, but I feel like with steroids being brought up, it is something that needs to be discussed. Um, I believe that Barry Bonds being out of the Hall of Fame is the biggest tragedy that Major League Baseball and its writers and the voters have ever bestowed upon Major League Baseball fans and that of Cooperstown. Now, I understand it. He did take steroids, but I think there's an amendment that could be made that makes it so that you can put a player in and have them memorialized and still recognize the flaw that they made as well for bonds too. One of my biggest things is that whether you disagree with it or not, I suppose I stand firm on the fact that the steroid era should be defined in its own right. If you want to deny that people were doing it, that's fine. There were exceptions stir, but if you took a census of most of that steroid era of baseball, there would be a vast majority, not a vast majority, but an alarming number of players that you think weren't doing it, doing it. Bonds is easily, in my opinion, the greatest baseball player who has ever lived, offensively at least. People forget too how great of a defender he is. Um, he needs to be in the Hall of Fame. If you go to Cooperstown, it is memorialized as a museum, and a museum's right is to tell the story of something. And to tell the story of baseball, you have to have Barry Bonds inside those confines. I know it's a bit controversial, And I know it is still a little bit popular because it's become more of a normalized thing to say this. But again, with Tatis being brought up, I feel like to revisit this idea is that Barry Bonds belongs in the Hall of Fame. To me, it is not a question. To me, it needs to happen. He is an icon of the sport. And again, you can't tell the story of baseball without including Barry Bonds. And if you're going to call Baseball Hall of Fame a museum, you have to put one of its biggest relics in there itself in Barry Bonds. Yeah, I mean, I actually totally agree with you. I, I get that he was a part of the steroid era and he did steroids, but almost every player was doing steroids then. And it was so they common. decided, but I, this is a whole different tangent, which I've always wanted to rant about and just never have the voting for the pro baseball hall of fame is it's so bad. Dumb. It's so better. dumb. Mm-hmm. The fact that there's years where players can just not get in and just zero players get inducted is really stupid. I would I tend to agree. I think I, that's really stupid. And I think, too, there's too many people who have a vote. Far yeah. too many writers who have a vote. Isn't there some guy from, like, the San Diego Union Tribune? So here's the perfect like thing. I, I shouldn't bash him because I, I do think Nick Campana has been a great writer for the San Diego Union Tribune for a long time. He does great columns for them. However, Nick Campana has a right to vote for the Hall of Fame for baseball. Nick Campana has covered the San Diego and Los Angeles Chargers almost his entire career. Kevin Acey is the one who covers the San Diego Padres for the Union Tribune. Nick Campana is not. Does he write calls on them? Sure. But is he in close touch with baseball itself? No. But for some reason, he has a vote. He's always someone that sticks out to me for the example. But it does need to be showed up. Baseball needs to figure out a more select number of people who have writers. It has It's diluted. There's way too many people in there right now. It needs to be fixed. Well, and they do it by percentage. And it's not fair when there's such a high percentage yeah. of just people that don't know what they're talking about. Well, it's just really tough, too, especially going back to your point about the voting. Um, if you drop below a certain, a certain threshold... You just don't, you're not on the ballot anymore. It's tough. No, you you just get knocked just get off bumped. for some reason. And it's like, you know, it's, maybe, it may, I just, I don't know. It's a, it's a cutthroat and an inorganized way to do it. And I think it needs to be looked at upon other things, but yeah. Well, so what, what I want to say is we actually have two comments basically saying the same thing. Yeah. Of a point you didn't make. 
but they're both echoing this idea of Barry Bonds was just as elite before steroids. No, exactly. He I was mean, still a super productive player. That's the, and that's the, I think the story of Barry Bonds that is somewhat disappointing in that is that did he need to take steroids? No, absolutely not. He was a fantastic player who simply didn't need it, but because of the area that he played it in such common place that it became, he rode the wave like everyone else did. And Bonds again, all-time player again in my mind probably the is the best offensive player we've ever seen you can make an argument the best baseball player that's ever played but uh yeah to keep him out of the hall of fame is to me inexcusable totally agree all right clark so my hot take this week i think is actually my hottest take i've had oh really and i've been sitting on this one for a while and i felt this way since the end of the last nfl season Mm. And I've just never vocalized it. And it pains me to say, because I do not like this player. I don't think it's dumb when you actually look at the numbers. My hot take this week is I think Travis Kelsey at the end of his career is going to be the GOAT tight end. Reason I say that. Travis Kelsey didn't really start his career until he was 25 years old. If you look at the averages, he is ahead of every other major tight end. The only reason Gonzalez is considered the GOAT is just because he played so long. He played 270 games, had 1,500 yards, 111 touchdowns. I mean, really, really good, really Really productive. He averaged eight yards per reception in his year. Now, if we look at Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey has only played 127 games, less than half of what Gonzalez has. He just passed 9,000 yards. He has 57 touchdowns. He started at 25, so his career, he's only played really seven full seasons, and he he has averaged every single year in his career over 12 yards of reception. Every single time, he is an absolute game-breaker. Now, he doesn't quite have the blocking persona that Tony Gonzalez did, who I'm just kind of using as who's the GOAT right now because that's mm-hmm. what most people say. Because if you want to talk about Gronk, Kelsey's going to pass all of Gronk's numbers next year. Kelsey is 200 yards away from Gronk's yards record. Then he's only 10 touchdowns away from Gronk's touchdowns. I mean, Kelsey's going to pass that. Mm -hmm. You could bring up Antonio Gates. Antonio Gates has the same kind of longevity, but there's no blocking there. Mm -hmm. Plus, his numbers is another longevity thing, and they're just weaker than Gonzalez. So I just choose to use Gonzalez as the mark. I just think when you fully look at it, in the amount of time that Kelsey is doing this, Kelsey is a much more dominant player. Kelsey has had seven seasons of 1,000 yards. He's had seven seasons of five-plus touchdowns. And when you add on to that, Tyreek Hill has been on his offense the entire time. Another game-breaker. And I would argue the entire time, Travis Kelsey has been the better player. So wow, when really? I I think so. Okay. I think so. That's close. I, think, I mean, I would agree, but I think it's it's a conversation to be had. It's definitely a conversation. But what I'm saying is, like, if you were to put Kelsey, if he were just a receiver, would there be a year in his career yet that you'd put him outside of the top 10 if he were just a receiver? So in my mind, then as a tight end, he's by far the most dominant tight end in the league right now. Okay. And when I just look at the numbers... Unless if you want to make the longevity argument on Tony Gonzalez, there's not much to back up that Tony Gonzalez is more productive than Kelsey. Kelsey's averages are higher per year. He's had seven seasons of 1,000-plus yards. His touchdown numbers are right in line. Everything about it, I just see it as, I don't know how much farther Kelsey is going to go in his career. I think he he only plays two or three years more. And he's never actually going to be considered the GOAT because everyone's always going to mention the longevity thing. But the averages just show Kelsey has been more productive and he's been more dominant in his era. I like the take. Here's, here's the only thing I might say that people may disagree with the statement like that. I do like the take. I'm a fan of it. Um, people may argue, though, and fairly enough, was Kelsey during his era, He's I would not consider him the most dominant tie-in of his era, though. That's the thing. I think Gronk would still be considered more dominant and controlling than Kelsey was at both their well, peaks during the same era. It kind of depends on what you consider their era. Because Gronk and really... Was bit, Gronk was earlier, obviously. Gronk is earlier because Gronk retired three seasons ago. So he, so basically the, the Tampa off. Bay era. And so the over the last three seasons, I mean, Kelsey has easily been the most dominant tight end. You can make the well, argument yeah, it was three. Gronk. But, I mean, if you measure up that time, 
Kelsey was playing with Alex Smith during that time, whereas now he's playing with Mahomes, who makes him look really dominant, and Gronk was playing with Brady so the you, entire time. So you time. would take you would take at their peaks both. Let me ask you this: at both of their peaks, pinnacles of their career, they're playing at the same time. You can have either Gronk or Travis Kelsey. Who would you want? Well, so I think it kind of depends on they my offense. They are different receivers for sure and what their game plans are. I yeah, think. I think it depends on my offense because if I don't have any other weapons or any other talent on my offense, I'd probably want Gronk because of the blocking. Mm-hmm. But if I were just to take a pure player, I think Travis Kelsey is more talented okay. in the receiving game. I, 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 don't think there's, I don't think there's a player who's more dominant than him. No, I mean, he, no. There's players that are more dominant than Travis. Yeah, how about this? There's, I don't think there's a tight end who's more dominant. Yeah, okay. Him. Tight end, yes, for sure. Right now, there is not one I feel like is more dominant consistently than Travis Kelsey. I think when I, I think mean, when I think when George Kittle's on and healthy, it's just not that often. I think it's a conversation between those two, at least in my. No, opinion. I I think it is, but he's just never on the field, no, so it's, it's hard to put it's hard to put Kittle in that conversation. No, but I would agree. Mark at, Andrews at this stage right now for sure. Kelsey Mark top. Andrews has shown that he has the ability. I just think this stretch of the last seven seasons for Travis Kelsey is unheard of by a tight end. And that's really his entire career. Cause he started so late. He was his first snap was taken at 25, which is pretty much unheard of in the, mm-hmm. in the NFL these days. Um, so when I just measure it up, he's been dominant since the day he got on the football field and he's still dominant today. I think when he retires, I will consider him the greatest of all time. Really? I just think there's no player with a higher, or there's no tight end is what I should really be saying. There's no tight end with a higher peak than him. So th- that's my that's my hot take of the week. I like it. I like it. I'm a fan. Okay, so let's get into your hot take. So I'm going to be sharing. Hot take. Oh, you mean the no, fan's hot take. The fan hot take, sorry. So I'm going to be sharing my screen. I already got the tier list ready to go. So we are going to be able to see it. So Clark, if you guys remember when we did this about a month ago, our S take is Ethan and Clark have adopted your hot take. A take is this is really hot. We respect it. B take, this is likely going to happen. C take, Ethan and Clark do not agree with it. D take, this is not a hot take. And F take, it's so bad it shouldn't be spoken aloud. So Clark, are you ready to go? Oh, I'm ready to dive in deep. So our first one. This is a futures prediction. The Yankees will fall apart next year after Judge leaves. I mean, I guess it depends on what we define as fall apart. I think the Yankees are one of those franchises, truthfully, because of their willingness to constantly win. That falling apart, I don't know if it's something that's really in their DNA. But I guess by a Yankees definition of falling apart, maybe. But I don't know if Judge is going to leave. So I guess for this... um. To fall apart is a lot for the Yankees. So I, I, I don't think that they will. Um, I wouldn't agree with this. I would say this is a C-take. This isn't one thing that I would adopt. I think the Yankees are going to be just fine. Even if Judge leaves, they still have talent in their farm system. Their willingness to spend cash. Falling apart isn't something the Yankees typically do. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I think I think this is a C-take. I, I don't necessarily think they'll fall apart. I think they'll be just fine. Now, win their division is a different thing. I don't know if they'll win the East next it'll be, year. It'll be tougher. I mean, obviously, because the Orioles this year are doing better than they thought. I don't know if they'll continue to extend as much as they will. Next year's a young talent. The Blue Jays seem to have all the right pieces in the right place, but they're still struggling a little bit. The Rays seem to have found a model of consistency, even though they won't spend money. And the Red Sox, much like the Yankees, also spend. But I just don't see the Yankees out there just falling apart. I don't think it's really a thing that they do. All right, so our next take. Jair Alexander will be better than Jalen Ramsey next season. You take this one first. Uh, for me, I don't. I don't agree with this one. Um, yeah, this I, is not one I, I would agree with either. I just think Jalen Ramsey. I mean, I, I get the idea. I just think you're never going to consider a player better than Jalen because Jalen moves around all over the field. So you mm-hmm. can't use the argument that he's. I guess you could use the argument that he's not shadowing the number one, but mm-hmm. Ramsey is used everywhere. He's absolute chess piece on the Rams. They just run their defense differently than everyone else. So mm-hmm. Ramsey's not a traditional outside corner. Yeah. I, I just, would say I, I would agree. I, I think it's, I mean, if we're going to go with, I would say mine's a C. Yeah. Um, I don't agree with it. I think Jar, uh, Jair Alexander really top tier quarterback corner, but better than Ramsey, I don't see it. I don't see it as a possibility. I don't see it's happening. For sure. Someone said that there's a little bias in that take, and I would probably agree. It probably came That's from a Packers fine. fan. Bias always gets involved in takes. What are you going to do? 
All right, next one. The Indianapolis Colts will win eleven or will win twelve games. Sorry. All right, twelve games. Um, so twelve and five. It actually said twelve or thirteen, so it could be twelve or five or 14. yeah, twelve or thirteen. Gosh. Uh, no, that won't be happening. Um, I don't think the Colts. I the Colts and Titans toss up in that division is still very real to me. Um. There's too many other good teams in the AFC for them to win 12, 13 games. That'd be like them grabbing a possible two seed, three seed. I don't see that happening. Um, I don't know where to grade it though. I, I'm D. I don't like. Mm, I don't know. So Maybe, I just I, to I don't tell think it's you happen. To tell you the truth, I don't think it's gonna happen. But because of how weak their division is, it wouldn't surprise me if they got hot if they swept their entire division. And won six games. You think they're gonna sweep? They're gonna win both games against the Titans. I mean, I I think they're gonna win that division. I I think they probably go five and one in their division. Sir, five and one. I mean, have you forgot about Davis Mills? Oh yeah, sorry, my bad. Davis Mills could win them a game. Sorry, how could I I five and one? I think one of the things with the Colts that I really like people aren't talking about is they have a really good number one two combination right now. I think Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. love him. Alec Pierce, watch out weapon think, right yeah there. well so, so say, another yeah. comment that we didn't consider is as a jags fan the colts haven't won that is Jackson true Wilson's if you needed any case in point just look at last year what happened to the biggest dumping of the pants of the 2021 season when the colts literally could not finish against the jaguars so that's a good point ethan so there you go whoever poked that hole congrats nice um i guess you know what we'll keep it i would say keep it in the c all right next up kyler is not top 10 no, I would say C tier for me. C tier. We'll put it in C tier. I don't think it's going to happen. This, I agree with this. I, I don't think – I think Kyler's just outside of it right now with the way I sit. Oh, wait, no. I take that back. I take that back. Take it back. No, he is top 10. Kyler's top 10. I think we, I think we both had him at 10. Yes, I think we had him at 10. So I would say – but again, I – You know what? Actually – I think I would put this in B. Is this likely going to happen? Because I think there's probably quarterbacks. That are yeah, I think there's quarterbacks that are going to ascend above Kyler. So I would say, yeah, B is a good rank for it. I like that. I think B. All right, so next up, the Yankees aren't contenders this season. Come on. What are we doing? Uh, this is, I will be honest. This so is this, is, be, this is World Series Yeah, I understand. Um, I'll be honest. No offense. This is F. <laughs> okay. I think I agree. For me. I, I don't see any way that they're not World Series contenders. How they're can cool. you watch? I know it's been rougher here for the Yankees recently, but how can you watch their body of work this year? And they also have the American League MVP on their team. And also, by the way, I know they might not get the one seed, but the last place and probably the only place is a really true big home field advantage of baseball. There are several places that do, but there's not a bigger home field advantage of baseball than Yankee Stadium. The Yankee Stadium magic is true. If you go into that doghouse, you do not want that. The Yankees are a great team. I don't think they're the favorite of the American League. I never thought they have. I'm on record on saying that. But they are a legitimate contender. Yeah, I agree. All right, next up, Derek Carr is going to be top 10. You start with this one, Mr. Chargers fan. Again, this is, I kind of think, a B take. I think this will probably happen. I think he'll probably be number 10 by the end of the season just because of the the improved offense around him. Yeah. I, I, I would think say, yeah, I would say... I would say B for me as well. I think, again, I think there's a regression coming from Kyler Murray. Um, I don't think the Cardinals are going to be very good at all. People yeah. will turn an eye on him a little bit. I think he could slide into that 10 spot where he kind of is. I mean, he's your number 11, my number 12. I don't think it's yeah. that hard to imagine. It's not that he's inconceivable. Gonna... Yeah. All right, next up. Will Smith of the Dodgers is a top three Dodger on the team right now. <sighs> this is actually, I really like this. This is like Ooh. an A take for me. This are is you, an A take. Is this an A take or are we adopting it? I think it's an A take. I don't know if I would adopt it because there's arguments you can make for other players. I really like it though. Will Smith. I, think, I always think underrated. I would adopt it. I think you I would mean, adopt it because he's I not. Almost, you, he's not. He's not, but it, it's not that hard to imagine that Trey he Turner, could be. Freddie Freeman, and Mookie Betts are better than him. You're right. Plus, there's still the pitchers. I mean, I would still probably consider Walker Buehler. But I really like this. I think Will Smith is one of the most underrated players in baseball. A phenomenal offensive catcher and a good defensive one, too. He's a rarity of a breed these days. I really like the take. So whoever gave that out, salute. 
big ups. That's a very, very high IQ idea. All right, next up. The Cowboys benefit from being in the East, and they wouldn't be as relevant if they didn't play in the NFC East and wouldn't win as many games. Um, The Cowboys, if we're talking about relevance, are relevant because of their history. Um, do they benefit from being in the NFC East? I don't even know. I mean, the NFC East is bad, but the NFC East is won by another team every single year. Yeah. So it's not like they're a model of consistency. And they don't um, win it every year. I mean, it's not like it every it's not like the Patriots during their dynasty where like all the oh. other teams were just trash and they were winning it year in and year out. The what Cowboys. Um, I mean, I agree. They do benefit to an extent from being in the East. They They've benefit, never... but it's not why they're relevant. In my mind. It's not why I don't think that was the take. I, I just kind of remembered it wrong. I think it's that the Cowboys, like they, they always have good records because they play in the East. I could go look up word for word what it is. Cause I just write notes on the thing. Uh, the Cowboys wouldn't be as good as their record shows if they were in a more competitive division. That's what the actual take says. That'd be fair enough. I would say, yeah, I mean, if, I would say B. If they were in a better division in the year in and year out, I think they would struggle a little bit more. Okay, I'm good. I would say B. If that's the take verbatim, then yes. Yeah, that's what the, the take actually says. All right, next up, Derek Carr will be MVP. Oh, man. Derek Carr will be MVP. I just say I disagree with this. I, I don't think Derek Carr will be an MVP. I think he has uh, a, you know, an argument that he could probably make at the end of the year, but to say he's going to be MVP, no. C take for me. I yeah, I agree. That. He's not going to win MVP. No. I mean, I would almost say this is an F take. I don't see any way he wins MVP. I think that's kind of ridiculous. But, I mean, for him to win MVP, that means they're winning the West and they're a top two seed. Exactly. which I don't see any path to, to be quite honest. Their defense isn't good enough. I mean, no, even if Carr all. puts up stellar numbers, their defense just isn't good enough to put them in a place to win the West. No, not at all. Um. So next up, Adam Thielen is the best number two receiver in the league. Adam Thielen, no. This to me is a solid D or F. You think this is an F? I don't think he's even... He's not, he's close, but he's not the best number two. No, I could name a couple. I mean, I yeah. think T. Higgins is better than him nowadays. I would say Mike yes. Williams is probably better than him. I would agree. just off well, the top of my close, head of our yeah. two team. Yes, I, I would not. I, I mean, would not agree with that take. Is Hunter Renfro better than Adam Thielen? Mm, career wise, probably not. But that's Raiders one. Closer in comparison, I agree. But I don't we'll think we'll put it in F. I don't. I don't think this is true at all. No, I don't think it is. I don't think it's at this point agreed. All right, next right. up. If the New York Giants are clicking, they will win 10 or 11 games. F, no, not happening ever. That's never going to happen. They will. <laughs> you understand how, like, I, I like the Giants to some extent. 10, 11 games, goodness gracious. Respectfully, I know, shouldn't be mean about it, but 10, 11 games, where are we drawing that number from? Have you seen, I think, have you, I mean, have you seen, Ken, have you seen Kenny Galladay? <laughs> No, I, I don't see it happening in any circumstance. Mm-hmm. Oh, we didn't even talk about, this is back on, I'm looking at the chat, that Chris Godwin is also a number two receiver in Tampa. Oh, Chris Godwin is certainly number two receiver, so there's that. Uh, so you think this, the Giants win is an F? D or an F. Yeah, F. I would say F. There's no way they won 10 or 11 games. I think it tops, because when I picked them to be a dark horse, I was thinking they'd sneak in at 9 and 8. Yeah, I didn't I see ten and ten and seven. Mm-hmm. I would put it at C, but we can put it at F. Yeah. All right. Next up, this this one I think is the hottest take out of them all. The Packers should not have resigned Aaron Rodgers. What do you think? What, what's your take? I don't like Jordan Love at all. So I for I me, think this, Jordan Love's terrible. I think Jordan Love's really bad. But I I get the idea if if like. The Packers really believed in Jordan Love. Yes, they shouldn't have re-signed they Rodgers. Don't, but they clearly don't since they re-signed Rodgers. I mean, Love just must not be good. No. I uh, disagree with this one strongly. I would just say C, though. I'm not like, you know, it's not the worst take because I can understand it in some extent, but it's a no for me, dog, as Randy Jackson would say. Oh, it's it's Leland's take. He said, this is my take. Let me explain in the YouTube. So we'll Fine, come back to it. it. I'll, we'll I'll read the explanation. explanation. Go ahead. So, you can get his explanation in. 
We'll we'll do the last one and then come back when I see his explanation. All right. Last one is Steph Curry is the goat of basketball. Right now or all time? Of all time. F. We don't say that. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy to me. It's an absolute that is preposterous. There's so I mean, I think Steph has revolutionized how people play basketball. I mean, just go to any local court of game being played. Everyone pulls up from three these days. The game is played substantially differently because of what he did himself. But to just put him up in the GOAT, there's several people I would put up before him. There's a guy still playing in the league that is easily still above him, LeBron James. Um, I can't put him up there, no. No shot with that. I can't put him up there either. I mean, no. if if the take was Steph Curry is maybe the biggest influence on modern basketball, then, then I, I would totally have, agree. Yes. Mm-hmm. I would totally agree. Him being the GOAT, there's just not much evidence for no, it. There's not, there's not much. I mean, there's also, plenty of guys you would name before him. The thing is, like, the LeBron Jordan talk, one reason that they're in that conversation is they're elite defenders. Steph Curry is a horrible defender. I don't know if I would say horrible. But, I mean, comparatively, compared to those guys. He's not guys, my ideal defender. I mean, I think Steph does a good job. I, I wouldn't say he's horrible. But, he's again, the GOAT conversation, no. It's just, it's not there for me. I can't, I can't see that. Wait, so are we going to get your, your, um, we still haven't gotten his explanation. Ah, it's fine. I mean, it's okay. I, I'll be interested so, to hear what the actual explanation is. Cause this is just wild. Oh, there's, he's saying it's because the Packers are just putting their future down the drain because they're going all in right now. And he's basically saying, because they're not going to win anything anyway, right now. What's the point? They could definitely win something right now. You that think so? That defense is incredible. I mean, yeah, but you didn't even pick them to win the North. Yeah, just because you don't win the North doesn't mean you go the whole. Doesn't mean you're just not going to go anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I I don't agree with it. I would put it in C. I don't think it's quite an F take. Like C, I understand. I mean, that. I will put it in C. Yeah, I the Packers look. Why would you not resign Aaron Rodgers? He's the best quarterback in the NFL, arguably. Two time yeah. repeating MVP. If you For have sure. him back, you can have him back. For sure. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about before we go? Not that I can think about off the top of my head. All right. Well, this has been our show. This has been From the Backseat. Thank you to those in the YouTube comments. You're always welcome to come and watch a stream. We usually stream around 5.30 on Mondays and Thursdays. Uh, We did it on a Tuesday today just because we recorded that emergency one over the weekend for the Padres. So you're always welcome to come on and we'll answer your comments in real time just like we did right now, let you explain your takes. Mm. Uh, This has been user... Hot takes, us reviewing them. If you want to see the few tier lists, I'll put it up on our story on TikTok soon. I'll put it on Twitter so you'll be able to see exactly where we put them. And I'll put the link so you can make your own and send them to us. So this has been our show. Please leave a rating on Apple and Spotify and wherever you listen to your podcast. It really helps the show and it helps us build on one another. If you watch us on YouTube, thanks for watching us. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. Leave a like, leave a comment. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. Let us know what your favorite segment is. And go follow us on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. It's been a pleasure to have you on, and thank you. And, of course, thank you to Manscaped. Yeah, appreciate it, Manscaped. Thanks, everyone, for showing up. Always love the questions. Always love the interaction.